0: you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to two places. If you can, you can go both, but you can go to 1 Corinthians 10, and you can hold your spot there, and then go with me to James chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 10, and in James 1, we're going to start in verse 12. That's actually where we're going to start. I just gave it to you kind of in order as it is in the Bible. James 1, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 10, and James chapter 1. And I want to read this scripture in James chapter 1, um, from the Amplified Version. As I was looking over this today, I, I, I mostly read out of the... I do read out of the New Living. You hear when I teach a lot of times out of the New Living Translation. Um, but but I, as I was studying this afternoon, I just was looking over this. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. I'm going to use a few different versions tonight. So James chapter 1, beginning in verse 12 in the Amplified says this. Blessed, happy to be envied, is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and has... And been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life. That sounds good right there. He will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one but every person is tempted when he is drawn away enticed and baited by his own evil desire lust and passions then the evil desire when he has con- when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin it is fully matured brings forth death let's pray father we thank you, Lord, for your word. we thank you uh, for your for who you are, for your awesomeness, for your presence Lord, thank you in coming and, and just filling this place and filling our hearts tonight lord. I, I just sense your peace and your presence in this place tonight and. We thank you for being with us as we sang tonight. We thank you for being constant, faithful, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you for giving us your living word and for teaching us by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me and help all of us as we uh, dig into your word to just continue to open us up. Lord God, give us the grace uh, to apply what we're hearing and receiving tonight, that we'd be strengthened and that we'd be victorious in our everyday life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I read something a while back um, that said uh, the, the legendary baseball player R.O. Hirschheiser, who pitched the Dodgers to a World Series victory in 1988, discussed his philosophy of pitching, and he said this. He said, there are two theories of pitching. One is that you try to convince the batter that a particular pitch is coming, and then you throw something different. The other theory that you don't hear of as much but that he said he liked to use, is that if the batter expects a particular pitch, you throw it, but you throw it in a place where he can't hit it. That is, know what a batter wants or expects, and throw the ball almost there. As I read that, I thought, man, doesn't that sound like the way the enemy uses temptation against us? James made it clear that temptation comes from evil desires that are already lurking within us. And the enemy throws at us what we want, but, but bear like just what we want, but in a way where we just quite can't reach it. Or if we can, it's not what we're expecting, right? Y'all, y'all follow that, that the, how the theory he had behind it? And we can apply it to this. He knows what kind of pitch that we're a sucker for, and then he'll throw it our way. You know, in this passage, James doesn't mention Satan's role in temptation, but we know that the devil capitalizes by enticing and baiting us with our own evil desires which we will look at later amen are y'all tracking with me the bible makes it clear and, and let me start out by saying as we start talking about temptation tonight it makes it clear that God doesn't tempt anyone that God you know that 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 um you know maybe I, I remember when I first got saved uh one of my neighbors and and something was happening and I was saying about being tempted and I said well now I can't do that anymore I'm a Christian I don't want to do that anymore and uh and I remember her saying, well, maybe God sent you, sent me over here to tempt, it, to tempt you. And I told her straight up, I said, no, the other one sent you over here to tempt me. I told her that straight up, you know. The weird thing about it is she acted like she was slithering like a snake. So I was like, you see, you just proved what I was talking about. God doesn't, doesn't tempt us. The good news is that we can be victorious during these temptations. And James says that God will bless us for it. That God will bless us for. Listen to the Greek word. Uh, in, in, in James, the New Living, it says, uh, God blesses those that endure temptation. That word endure in the Greek means this. To hold one's ground in conflict, to bear up against adversity, to hold out under pressure, to stand firm, to persevere under pressure, to wait calmly and courageously. It is not a passive but an active energetic resistance to... To defeat that allows calm and brave endurance. So when you read that that definition of endure, uh, you know, and, and I've preached on on on, on temptation before, and I've, I've I've named a message one time enduring temptation. And even though that's what the scripture says, you know, when you look at that definition, I, I titled this message tonight victory over temptation, victory over temptation. And I feel like that's what the the, the Greek meaning, if you look at it, really truly means. Are y'all following me? Cause, you know, sometimes we get the, Oh, brother, I just want to endure. I just want to make it to the end, you know, kind of thing, you know, and sometimes, but, but that word endurance is more of a, it is a resisting. It is a resisting. You know, James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But it's, it's more of an, a, as you said, an aggressive, an active resistance where we can be victorious. So first, we're going to look at some facts about temptation and then we're going to look at how we can have victory over them. Cool. Amen. Y'all with me? All right. So if you're in 1 Corinthians 10, I want to start off in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13 says this. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure, and there's that word endure," I was just talking about as well. So, so let's look at a couple of facts about temptation. Number one, you can fall to any kind of temptation. Two, three people believe that. You can fall to any type of temptation. You may think, "Oh, brother, there ain't no way the devil can never get me with that one thing. It might be at the bottom of your list. It might be like, you know, super hard, but listen, the Bible makes it clear that you can fall to any temptation and, and, and worse not. And maybe there's something that maybe you never would fall to, but, but the attitude and the posture behind I will never or that would be impossible or I don't deal with that. That's what gets us in trouble. It doesn't matter how long uh, we've we've been saved or how strong we think you are. I want to read verse twelve in First Corinthians out of the message. I love how I'm, I've never seen this verse in the message before. Listen, what First Corinthians ten twelve says in the message. It says, "Don't be so naive and self confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence." See, it's more the posture of our heart that if we say we could never fall into temptation or a certain type of temptation, it's more of a, it's this, uh, it's this self-confidence. Actually, there's an Old Testament scripture that says, cursed is the man that relies on the flesh. That basically puts his confidence in himself is what that scripture says. Often, we're the most vulnerable when we believe that we are the strongest. We don't take the proper precaution against sin when we think we got this thing licked. I've been saved a while. I've been, I've been, you know, doing great. I don't think I could ever do that. That's when we got to be careful. Listen, I want to I read another little. I want to read a little story to you. Back in the 1990s, a young Frenchman captured the attention of the world by walking a tightrope between the towers. Listen to this of the the New York's World Trade Center, which was quite an impressive feat when you consider the tower stood at over 1,350 feet high. How many of y'all want to walk a tightrope in between that? No, thank you. A few months later, he was in St. Petersburg, Florida, practicing his tightrope walk. The wire was only 30 feet off the ground, but amazingly, he lost his balance and fell to the ground and ended up getting injured. People around him said that as he was lying on the ground waiting for help, he was beating his fists on the ground yelling, I can't believe it, I can't believe it, I never fall. Isn't that amazing? You see, he thought, man, I I just aced walking between the World Trade Center, 1,350 feet in the air, this little 30 feet, I got this. But he fell from 30 feet. And his, his mindset was, I can't believe it, I never fall. Almost like again, you know. It's impossible for me to fall because I got this. You see, the spiritual implication is the same with us spiritually in our walk against sin. Don't ever think that you got this thing lit. It's so easy to let your guard down when you think you've got everything under control. Hey, Amen. You see it sometimes with fighters. If you watch boxing, if you're into MMA sometimes. You ever seen a boxer taunt somebody and tell them like, come on, hit me, and then somebody knocks him out? I saw that a few years ago. Like, I remember this guy in the UFC, they were saying he was like the best pound-for-pound fighter, and he was doing that, and he was taunting a guy, and he got knocked out doing that. He thought, like, man, I got it. This guy can't beat me. And you know, actually, he never really recovered. His career never took off after that. And so, you know, that's we can't we can't act like that. We can't be like that, no matter how old that you are. I've said this before. And I just just remembered. I love how Billy Graham. When they asked him in his later years. I mean, he's super old, you know. And 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 they said, what did, What have you learned after all these years of ministry? And he said, The older I get, the more I realize how much I need Jesus. You think Billy Graham man,'s credit for winning thousands, maybe millions of souls. I don't know. But as he got older, he continued to keep the humble road that the older I get, the more I realize my need for him. He's not like I got this and I've I've mastered all that. No, he's just taking the humble road. Amen. So everyone, you can fall into any temptation. Number two, everyone gets tempted. Everyone gets tempted. And listen, that might sound elementary, but the enemy uses this so many times. Verse 13 says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. I want to encourage you because there might be one thing as I'm talking about temptation. And matter of fact, I want to stop and, and say, you know what, maybe ask the Lord to show you right now. What's the one thing that, that you're tempted with that you feel like you're the only one that deals with that maybe in this church? Or in your family, as a Christian, you might think, man, I'm probably the only one dealing with this. But the Bible makes it clear that there's no different than what others experience. There's somebody else that's getting tempted the same way you are. You're not alone. People around you are dealing with the same thing. But the devil will try to make you think differently. You know, there's been times where I've, I've been tempted and thinking like, man, I'm a pastor. I shouldn't be tempted with this. Man, I bet you the other pastors don't, aren't tempted with this. And then find out later that after other pastors have actually not only been tempted, but have fell into those, those things. And so we're not alone. Don't let the enemy deceive you. And this is the most important thing that is, is the most encouraging thing about, about this is that Jesus was tempted with all the same things you and I were. The Bible makes that clear. In Hebrews 4, 14, New King James says this. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was, and look at this, in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. We made that very clear. He was tempted in everything, yet he did not sin. Let us. Let us, I'm not talking about what you go get at the grocery store for your salad. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Isn't this encouraging? You see, since he can sympathize with us, sympathize with us he gives us the grace and mercy we need. Amen? Like you, know, you, you probably think, man, I, ain't, I mean, God's probably so fed up with me, you know. But Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, walking the earth, was tempted by it all as well. So He understands. And the Bible says, if we, but now we had, now it's not. He doesn't condone it. It's not a. It's not a license to sin because He was tempted but never sinned. So He gives us the grace and mercy at the throne of grace. He says, when we need it the most. Listen, when you're tempted, is when you need God's grace the most. Right? And that moment is when you need God's grace the most. Am I talking to the right people tonight? Do y'all still deal with temptation? Okay. Number three. And this is encouraging. This is, this is all encouraging. But this is probably one of the most encouraging things. Is there is always a way out of temptation. There is always a way out. Verse 13 says this, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation of me more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you A way out so you can endure. He will show you the way out so you can endure. You know, uh, it's funny because this is a scripture. You know, you ever hear little like sayings that that you don't know where they come from? Or you sometimes, you know, somebody was telling me there's an article of like 10 things that people think in the Bible but are really not, you know. But you know the saying like, man, God won't give you more than you can handle. You know, and people use that in a general term, that's specific to temptation, and He doesn't give it to you, again, remember, right, we saw that, but He won't allow it to be more than you can stand, and the reason why is because He'll show you a way out when you're being tempted, and listen, it's not always a miraculous, supernatural way out, like something supernaturally comes upon you, and you feel this, this great anointing, and this great power of the Holy Spirit, no, I'll give you examples, some of you have heard me tell a story, but you know, uh, you know, before I got saved, you know, I, I one of the things I was I was a drug addict and I was pothead and a pillhead and and after I got saved I was still tempted to you know smoke some weed every once in a while and 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 uh, I lived in this old house was divided into four apartments and I lived upstairs and they had three apartments downstairs and uh, and I knew younger college kids and stuff that you know so I would just go hang out once in a while and when I'd go hang out. I mean, I knew they would be getting high down there. And so I remember one night specifically, and it happened a few times, you know, not just there, but where I was still, I was saved. I was born again, but I was still being tempted and fell into sin sometimes, you know. So so I went down there, I got high one night. And I remember coming back upstairs, and, and it was the weirdest thing. You know, a lot of y'all have heard me talk about this. It's the weirdest thing. When I was down there and, and and getting high with them and stuff, it's like I was having fun. But it was almost like when I went back into my apartment, it's like the presence of God was in my apartment, Like, you remember when you was young and you'd go back home and you did something wrong and, you know, you walked in the house and your parents looked at you and you had that feeling like, man, they know what I did, you know? Right? You have, you know that feeling? It's like when I get back to my apartment, it's like God was there waiting for me. It was the, I don't know. Man, that's the only way I can describe it. But I remember praying and repenting and saying, oh, God, Lord, help me. Because I, I, I really did. I wanted to be free. He had freed me from other drugs and really from getting drunk and all that stuff. But, you know, smoking weed was, a, was still a struggle. And I remember crying out, Lord, help me. Help me to overcome this temptation. Help me take this from me. And I'm telling you, I heard it as clear as day. The most, I mean, powerful revelation that I ever heard in that moment was like, why don't you stop going downstairs? And you would probably think like, "Yeah, that's obvious." But in the moment, it was like, "Oh yeah, that's the way out. That's that's the, the scripture." It was it was very plain. Like, stop going down there. You know, you know, you know. He probably that you know God speaks our language. I think he probably said, "Stop going down there, Kuyong. Come on, you know." And I mean, sometimes it's it's obvious things, but in the in the midst of temptation or in the midst of guilt or. That evil desire wanting to do it, like, oh, I just, man, I saw come. I just couldn't take it. No, that, that's a cop out. The Bible tells us he'll show you a way out. And we'll talk about that later, but we have to do our part, right? And you know, I've heard about a man that you know was struggling with porn. And guess what? He was praying about it, a guy get free, and his computer broke. Done deal. He couldn't get back on. He couldn't, he was, hey, he was praising God. That was his way out. He's like, I'm not going to get it fixed. I'm not going to get another computer. His computer broke. Praise the Lord. Okay, so that now that I gave you a few facts about about temptation. The the most important thing is 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 how do we have victory over temptation, right? Because that's the most important. How do we apply this? How do we get victory over temptation? I want to just share, there's many ways, but I want to share four ways with you tonight how we can have victory in temptation. And it, it it piggybacks off of what I just said. Number one, this is this is this is deep, okay? You ready for it? You must look for the way out. You must look. God promises he'll show us the way out, but you gotta be looking for it. You gotta be, you gotta be praying and asking God, how do I get, how do I overcome this temptation? How do, you know, in the, in that moment, it was just like, that was very obvious. Well, stop going on says, and I'd go to hang out with another buddy that I knew he'd be drinking and drugging and, and it was like, stop hanging around those people. It's that simple, you know? Um, you, Think about it this way, and usually I think about it with my children. Just recently, uh, as I was preparing today, I thought about, uh, it was with one of, one of my girls, I think. You ever try to show somebody, usually especially a child that's a little, can be distracted. You ever want to try to show somebody how to do something and say, okay, watch me do it. And so you start doing it, and when you look back over, they're not even paying attention. And it's like, no, look, I'm trying to show you how to do this, right? We've been there, you all laughing because you know it's true, Right. And it and might be like your spouse next to you, so don't like that. He does that all the time, you know, trying to show him, you know. But, you know, that's the picture I had in my mind is that with God, God's trying to show us, but we're not looking. We're struggling with the temptation in our life. We're praying about it, and that's great. We're going to talk about that's the next point. We're going to talk about praying, but we got to be paying attention. As Pastor Todd always says, our spiritual antenna has to be up. Because, listen, sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is something practical. Let me say that again. I might have went over your head. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we could do is something practical, like don't go back downstairs, cool, y'all. That was, that was a rhema word for me, okay? It wasn't in the scripture, but it was something very simple, like, okay, yeah, duh, that was, that was easy. But listen, you gotta be looking for the way out. You can't just say, man, this thing is so hard. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give into it. Or man, I've tried before. This is a classic. I've tried before, but I just can't seem to get over it. Well, listen. The promise is that he will show you a way out of that temptation. But we got to be open and looking. What, what, how, what's the way out? How can, are you all tracking with me? Am I, am I making myself clear? Okay. Remember, being tempted is not sin. Giving into temptation is sin. I think sometimes too we'll, we'll cross the line and think, because I'm being tempted and I want to do this, that I've sinned. No, you haven't sinned. Because Jesus, again, was tempted, right? In every way, yet without sin. So just because you have a desire to do something... Sinful doesn't make it sin unless you, until you actually do it. So, why the desire is there? Continue to pray. Lord, show me, lead me, guide me, show me the way out. How can I overcome this temptation? Don't act like you're defeated along the way before you are. Look for the way out. Listen, verse 13 again. God is so faithful. Amen. It says God is so faithful. God is faithful. He won't allow us to be tempted more than we can stand. Listen to the promise. He will show you the way out. That's a promise, y'all. That's not he might. That's might like on a good day or if you did good all week and went to church this month. No, it says he will show you the way out, but we must be looking for it. We Again, that goes back to that endurance. It's proactive. It's proactive. God will show us, but we got to do our part, right? That endurance is an act. It's not just sitting there hoping it just goes away. We got to be proactive and say, Hey, God, I I know your word says you'll show me a way out. I've been struggling with this temptation for a while now, but I want to be free. I want to, I don't want to give into it. Show me the way out. How can I be victorious? How can I actively endure this? Show me what that way out is, Lord. He will show you, but you have. To be looking along those same lines, even you know, even for me, like some of the same temptation of of drugs and alcohol, I I was you know, you know, trying to get free from that, but I was still listening to some of the old music that was promoting that. Again, it was just like showing, like man, you you're praying to be free of that, but you're feeding yourself with media that's promoting that. And again, that might seem simple to you, but for me, it was like, no, I need it, Lord, thank you. And I started throwing away all of that music because it was just feeding these temptations and this desire. That was another way out. And guess what? When I stopped hanging out with those people, when I stopped watching these kind of movies, when I stopped listening to this music that was promoting getting drunk and, and, and getting high, guess what? The temptation began to get less and less. Amen? He will show us a way out. we got to be looking and really listening. He'll show you the way out. So it might not be always looking, it's listening as well. Listen to what He's telling you to Do. Amen. Number two is that you have to pray through it. I know that's another no brainer, but you have to pray through it. Again, it's something that's proactive. Matthew 26 41, Jesus said, Keep watch and pray. Listen, He was specific. Y'all know, of course, pray. We talk about pray all the time, but He was specific. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. He was specifically saying to pray. So you don't give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak or the flesh is weak. Jesus knew the the temptation we would endure. So he's saying we have to pray through it so we don't give in to temptation. The more you get tempted, the more you got to pray. When the temptation gets stronger, your prayer life needs to get stronger. It needs to go up to another level. You know, many times when I, I would get tempted, especially when I was first saved, and even now, man, I would just and, and I would just pray in the spirit. I begin to just pray, pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, man. And I, I didn't know how what to pray, but I just pray for a while till I feel that desire and that thing just breaking off of me, amen. The Holy Spirit knows better what we need to pray than we do. So I just want to encourage you to pray. Pray through it, you know. Listen, in Luke 11:4, 4, 4, Jesus said, and don't let us yield to temptation. I read that this morning in my, in my daily reading time. Don't let us yield to temptation. I'm beginning to think about this today. How important he's he's getting the point across for us to pray specifically against temptation. You know, think about it. This is what's known in, in, in 11, 4. It's known as the Lord's Prayer. So when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, he gave them like five or six things to do, depending on how you look at it. Uh if, you know, forgive us of a sin as we forgive others, that can be one or two things. But this was one of them. He gives them the motto of the Lord's prayer, and one of the things was to pray so you don't fall into temptation. Think about that. That's powerful. It starts with glorifying our Father in heaven, telling him, asking him for your needs, forgiving others of your sins, and then praying that we don't give in to temptation. So in what's known as the Lord's Prayer, specifically praying against temptation was one of them. That's powerful. I want you to get that. That shows you how we have to pray through it and be specific. You know, you might there might be a time where you're not being tempted about anything, and that's great. Still keep praying, Lord. I pray you strengthen me of any temptation that might come. But specifically, if you're in the fight, if you're in the trial, like the scripture says, if you're in the thick of that thing, like me, like every day I was wanting to get high and I was wanting to drink, and but I was I was in love with Jesus. My life got changed. I'd pray specifically, Lord, take the taste of alcohol from my mouth, take the desire for drugs away from me, Lord. Fill me with your spirit, give me a hunger for your word and a thirst for your presence. I'd pray against it and the desires. I was filling, I was asking him to take it out and fill him with his desires. Be specific as well. Amen. You gotta pray through it. Number three, you gotta speak the word to conquer it. Not not just know, not just read the word, not just know the word, you must speak the word to conquer temptation. Jesus modeled this for us in Matthew 4, whenever he was tempted in the wilderness by the devil, and, and, and there's a few different, i reference Luke 4 as well. He was tempted by the devil, and he used the word three times to overcome it. And in Matthew 4, when the Bible talks about the devil, that's literally translated the tempter. That's what the devil's name, the devil means the tempter. And so we we know, again... The desires come from within us, but the devil is known as the tempter. He uses those desires. Remember the illustration of the, the pitches? He sees what we desire, what we want, what we think is coming, and he throws it just out of reach. Or he throws it in our reach so we can bite on it. Going back to bait, I was talking about fishing earlier. You know, those of us that like to fish, you know, of course, that's, that's what we do, right? We use a certain bait that we know the fish is going to like so we can hook them and pull them into their demise ultimately, Right? He uses the same thing. He uses the things we desire. These fish like certain kinds of bait. And if you use the bait that they like, you can catch them. They're going to swallow it down. The same hook, line, and sinker every time, pull them up to their demise, right? And then now we're eating them, and they're very tasty. Amen? But it's not as tasty when it's real life, and it's us. Because whenever we get devoured and we take the hook, the consequences are a lot more, a lot more uh, just uh, uh, tragic are drastic. Amen? You know, we usually use the Scripture when talking about the way to pray. You know, we talk about, man, you got to pray and quote the Scripture, and we do. But again, I'm just trying to show you all how specific Jesus was. You know, when we talk about, you know, you need to quote the Word because of Jesus did it. He did it because He was being tempted. I mean, it's good to speak the Word over different things and, you know, claim God's promises, but when we when we look at Jesus and use Jesus as a model for when He used the Scripture against the devil, it's because He was being Tempted. Amen. Do y'all see that? Y'all getting this tonight? Okay. I got one more point and then we'll close it up. And this was something that really kind of stirred me along this line for tonight is that, you know, just reading this recently. And the number four point is don't give the enemy more opportunities to tempt you. He already takes every opportunity he can. Don't willingly give him more opportunities. Okay. Let's look at the end of Luke's account of when Jesus was tempted by the devil. We just looked at Matthew 4. Now let's look at Luke chapter 4. It says this, when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. I just read that recently and man, I just begin to think, man, it just reminds me as I read that, that the devil is always looking for an opportunity to tempt you. Remember, it goes back to not putting your guard down. He's always looking for the next opportunity to come back around and trip you up some kind of way. You remember, he tried to tempt Jesus because he had been fasting forty days and, and he was hungry. You you know, and just use a few other things. But he said he 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 left them until the next opportunity came. Let's not give him more opportunities than he already has. You know, the Bible gives us a few ways that we can prevent this. But I want to look at I want to look at two of them. Okay. Just two of them that I thought about as I read that scripture the other day, and, and as I begin to look at it, there's 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 a, a lot of ways that we can give the opportunity, give the enemy an opportunity to tempt as many. But I just want to look at two really quick, and and this one is is for married couples. Okay, I'm gonna try to wade through this one the best I can. I know we have children, probably have some children here, but the first one I want to speak to is to married couples, whether you're married now or are you you know you you're, you're planning on being married. You know, First Corinthians seven five tells us. Uh, Paul uh, tells us not to deprive one another of our physical needs. Y'all tracking with me, right? If you, you you know where I'm going with this as as a married. That we have physical needs in a marriage, and the Bible tells us not to deprive ourselves of that. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, I'd encourage you to open your Bible right now to 1 Corinthians 7.5, and you can read it real quick of what I'm what I'm talking about. He says, now unless you know you've agreed on abstaining, you know, from coming together in a physical way, in an intimate way, unless you've agreed on it, don't deprive one another. Then he tells us the main reason why. And this is why. First Corinthians seven five, the second part of it says, afterwards you should come back together again. So that Satan won't be able to, what? Tempt you because of your lack of self-control. The whole reason that he was talking about that is because Paul was trying to prevent further temptation. Are, do y'all see that? Y'all tracking with me? He was. He realized that, you know what, if, if we don't meet each other's needs in marriage, which I'm going to get to that in a minute, if we don't, if we don't meet that, that, there's going to be temptation. Now, as I'm saying this, I know, you know, the physical aspect of marriage most of the time falls upon the men so let me let me address the husbands so you wives y'all don't y'all don't get mad at me here tonight okay whatever the need he's talking about a physical need here but i understand i'm going to talk to the husbands right you know for us most of the time it's more physical for let me tell you husbands for our wives it's most of the time their needs are more emotional they have more emotional needs. And I'll see a bunch of ladies' heads shaking. It's emotional. They have more. We need to meet their emotional needs when it comes to uh, just trying to fill their, their, their emotional tank, whether it be in communication, whether it be if your house is like mine and you have little children helping around the house. You know that, that's the kind of needs that our that our wives have. So for us, it's maybe more physical, and for them, for them, it might be more of just physical touch, cuddling, and holding hands, and, and doing that kind of stuff. And so those are both still needs. But this this is what Paul is getting at. He's saying that you know what? If we deprive one another from any of this stuff, then our needs are, and our needs are not being met in in, in the marriage. We are going to be tempted. We will be tempted to look to get fulfilled outside of our marriage. And that's what Paul's saying. So for both of us, husbands and wives, and whether it's physical, emotional, and I know those things flip-flop, whatever the needs are at, you know, uh, our marriages, I hope you know this, you didn't get married because of you. You got married, the Bible says, to lay down our lives to serve one another. Pastor Todd preached a phenomenal uh, series on serving, serve your way in, right? And so we all have needs, whatever they be. And if you deprive your spouse of whatever it is, whether it be a physical or emotional or time or communication or help around the house, you will be tempted. I'm not saying that they will, but your spouse will be tempted to get fulfilled outside of the marriage. And that's not good. Amen? And we've seen it in saying that, you've probably seen friends, family, that that's happened. Where, you know, Pastor Todd says it, where, you know, somebody, you know, leaves one of their the, the, the spouse and, and, and says, I'm done, I'm leaving. And they're like, man, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, things were going good and they just up and left me. No, things wasn't going good. Their love tank wasn't getting filled up in some kind of way. And eventually they went elsewhere to get filled up. Are y'all tracking with me? So that's the first part. It started there, but I'm just trying to wrap it, wrap it up in a, in a whole marriage. If We, we need to make sure that, that we are fulfilling our spouses and not, it not just be all about us. The other area of opportunity that I see specifically in the Scripture that we can give to the enemy is through anger. It's through anger. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says this, when angry, now I'm going to use the emplified again. When angry, do not sin. Do not let your wrath, your exasperation, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Look what it says. Do you put up there? Give no opportunity to him. Don't give that the anger gives an opportunity for the devil to come in and mess with you, to tempt you. Don't give a foothold or an opportunity to the devil, by your anger. Whether you're anger or angry with your spouse, you're anger angry with your boss, with a coworker, with a child, with a friend, with a football team, whatever it may be. Right? I'm just trying to help you all. Football season's around the corner, okay? And I'm preaching to myself right now, right? I'm, believe me, if my wife was up here, that last point would be like, yeah, he's, he's, he's given a lot of opportunities in that area. But I'm am being serious though. At the same time, I'm joking. But I'm being serious. The truth of the matter is, is that when we get angry, we we open ourselves up to, to all sorts of temptation, and we get tempted to do things that are that are that are that are not God's will. That are not you know uh, uh, supposed to be for for Christ like people. Just give a couple current event examples, like right now. You know, one thing I, I was thinking about was, you know, everything you've seen on the news with all the violence going on. Listen, you know, I can under, I totally understand how seeing some of the images and, and reading about some of the stuff, the violence that's going on uh, in our country right now, you can become angry by that. But be careful because if you become angry, you know, you begin to take sides. You begin to not only take sides on different sides of what's going on, but you can separate yourself from those that you love the most. And listen, like Pastor Todd said, you know, a few weeks back when all this stuff started happening, listen... Let's not take sides. Let's unify people. Let's be a church that unifies. Let's be a body. Let's be a people that unifies one another. Okay. So I understand there's some, there's some injustices. There's some, some horrible things going on out there. But listen, be careful. Guard your heart. The Bible says out of it flows the issues of life. And if you begin to get angry, you'll be tempted to get mad, to, 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 to stereotype, to, uh, uh, you know, to, to blame, to condemn, to judge all of these things. Amen. And another thing that's current is this whole thing called an election coming up in a couple months? Yeah, a- amen. Amen. I feel the same way. But be careful how much news you watch and how much of this stuff you're watching with these the candidates and the campaigns and all that. Listen, man, you start watching that stuff, and believe me, you, Brother Fabian said it awesome on Sunday. He said, we we become with what, what we behold. You remember he said that? And if we're beholding Jesus that we're going to become more like Jesus. He said if you're watching Fox News and CNN and watching both these candidates sling mud and fuss and tweet and do all this stuff, listen, we're going to get caught up in all that. We're going to get angry and we're going to be tempted and one of the biggest temptations is to blow your witness for Christ. You start getting on Facebook and start getting online and and the next thing you know, you're tempted. Listen, I am tempted to. I see things going on. I'm like, oh no, let, let me. Me and Pastor Kelly was talking about this today. This a uh, uh, man of uh, God I respect, and just kind of, you know, kind of going off with some some things that I did not agree with. I'm like, man, I could show him right here in the scripture. I was like, but I'm tempted sometimes to. You ever read an article and you have these these uh, <laughs> the comment section and you see stuff and you're like, man, I could I could really. I, Brandon, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm tempted sometimes because listen, I'm telling you, if you comment in one of those comment sessions, especially when it's a controversial anger thing, I'm telling you, you will not win. Amen. It's everybody's opinion, and I'm telling you, I've never seen one of those threads where it's like, man, this guy was absolutely right, y'all. We all wrong. Let's shut it down. You ever seen somebody say that in a comment session? Never. You're never going to see that. So listen, be careful not to get all angry and be tempted to, to throw your hat in the rink and just get involved. Remember, y'all, the Bible says we're ambassadors of Christ. We represent Christ on the earth. Please think about that the next time you post on Facebook, on Instagram, or tweet something, or all the other social media sites. Think about, I am an ambassador of Christ. If somebody that's lost, that doesn't know the Lord, they see this post and they know as a Christian, how will this reflect the character of God and how will it help further the gospel? Now, listen, I'm not saying every time you got to further, I mean, everything you do sometimes, I'll, you know, put pictures of fishing or say, hey, go Tigers or something, you know, or, you know, but but in a negative, think about it in a negative way. What I say negatively, can this help or hurt my witness for Christ? Will this glorify God in what I'm saying? Or, or, or can it, this cause somebody to stumble? And over what? One of the candidates that you never even met before? You know what I'm saying? Are are y'all tracking with me? Y'all with me? We want to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. So in anger, to to go back, when we get anger, we're tempted to go haywire and just go off the map with that. Y'all with me? Amen? So be careful. You don't want to take sides and you don't want to turn people, uh, turn against people or have people turn against you that you love. Amen? We want to be a witness. We want to be a good witness. I heard I, I love how I heard a definition today you know about you know we want to share our story you know, and, and a witness tells their side of the story. So, hey, tell us your side of the story of what the Lord done, did, has done for you. That's why y'all, a lot of y'all have heard my testimony about me being a drug addict and alcoholic. But I like sharing that. That's my, that's my testimony. I'm being a witness of what the Lord did for me. And I love witnessing. We got our, our 20th uh, high school reunion. My twin, not ours. My wife's five years younger than me, so it's not ours. She wasn't in high school yet when I graduated. But anyway, I have my 20th high school reunion this year. And, man, we just, like, we, we want to be a part of it. There's a whole weekend of things going on. We want to be a part of that because, man, I I I, I want to go share with my old classmates of what God has done for me. Yeah. I can't wait to see the look in the face like, so, Brandon, what you do now? I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. And they're going to be like, a what? <laughs> a who? Some people that hadn't seen me since high school 20 years ago, they remember the pill head, pot head, knuckle head Brandon from high school. And so, but I want to be a witness, you know. I want to be a witness. And so, listen, listen, man, just you know, lay down your opinion, lay down your political views. lay down, the, Bible, the Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must take up your cross. Die to your selfish ways. That's what the New Living Translation says. So, you know, look at it this way. Take up your cross means die to your opinions, die to what you think is right, and follow Christ's example. Amen? And let's be a witness. And I know I, I just kind of went off on a little trail there. But listen, if we get angry and we allow anger in our heart, the enemy comes in and and, and we're tempted not to, we're tempted to be more, I'm going to just be real with you. When we get angry, we're tempted to be more like the devil than we are like Jesus. And that's the bottom line. So let's not give him that opportunity, okay? Let's not give him more opportunities, whether it be in the arena of marriage, whether it be in lust, sexual, uh, greed, uh, power, uh, whatever the case may be. You know, the enemy's looking for every opportunity. Let's not just openly give him more. Amen? So in closing, Luke 17.1, it's almost like I kind of got some, you know, bad news and good news. The bad news, in a sense, is Jesus said this. One day Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptations to sin. So listen, if you think this battle is going to be over, it won't be until we go to heaven. I didn't say it, Jesus did. There will always be temptations to sin. That's kind of like the bad news. or You know, the discouragement. like, come on, Brandon, leave me with something good tonight. The good news, I'm going to remind you of the first scripture I read, but I'm going to read in the New Living now as we wrap it up. James 1.12 says this, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You know, temptations will continue to come, but we can minimize them, and the Lord has given us everything we need to be victorious and overcome every temptation that comes our way. Amen? He will show us a way out. He will help us. He will give us the grace that we need. The enemy is going to keep on throwing those darts, We keep on raising the shield of faith, We keep on staying prayed up, looking for the way out, and we can be victorious in any temptation that comes our way. Amen? Why don't you stand up with me? If you do me a favor, you go ahead and bow with me as we uh, if you don't mind bowing your head and maybe closing your eyes with me as we close up tonight. You know, as I've been talking about temptation and overcoming and being victorious in temptation, you know, you're you're really gonna struggle and you're really gonna have a hard time uh if if at be able to overcome any if at all if you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have a relationship, these promises that he's given us, that he's, these are for, for those that have put their trust and their faith in Christ. For his children. For those that have trusted in him. We have the power and he'll show us a way out. But again, you know, I was talking about somebody, you know, not looking at you when you're trying to show them what to do. You know, he can't show you something. I, I can't be shown by something to someone that I never met before. Someone I've never met before can't show me anything because I don't know them. I've never seen them. I don't know who they are. I have to, if I'm going to learn from somebody, I first got to meet them or at least read their book or, or, you know, go online and read about them. But if I've never met them, never seen them, how can I, how can I learn and how can they show me anything? So tonight, you got to be in a relationship with Christ, not only to overcome and be victorious in temptation, but so you can spend eternity in heaven. The Bible says it's appointed for us to die one time, and after that comes judgment. So one of your biggest temptations tonight may be that that you think you're okay and that that, you know, I, I think I'm going to go to heaven because I'm a good person. I come to church. Look, at my at church tonight. You know, I, I'm a good person. And you might be tempted. The enemy has maybe tempted you into thinking that, you know, just doing the bare minimum, you can get by just by going to church. But no, the Bible makes it clear that we have to put our faith and our trust in Christ. We have to repent of our sin, acknowledge that we have sinned and fall short of, of God's glory. The temptation is to sin. The truth is we know all of us have sinned. All of us, I, I would fall into sin left and right before I knew Christ. But then I acknowledge, Lord, I'm a sinner and I can't do this on your own, my own. I ask that you forgive me and I make you my Lord and Savior. So tonight, if you've never done that, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, if you've never asked the Lord uh, to come into your life and and made Him your Lord of uh, your life, listen. I always put it put it like this: If you're not sure tonight, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I appreciate it. if nobody's looking around and if some of you, you just want to start praying. If you're a believer in here. I want to ask you that question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you right? Do you know 100% you're in right standing and right relationship with God and that if your number was called, so to speak, and you crossed over into eternity, would you spend that eternity with the Lord Jesus or would you spend that eternity separated from God in eternal anguish? We're just weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible says, if you're not 100% sure, and maybe you say, Brandon, I know I'm not right. I know I'm a sinner. I've fallen into temptation. I've never asked God to forgive me, but I want to be right with him tonight. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I just want to pray with you tonight. I just want to pray with you and say, hey, listen, you know, I know I need to get right with God. Anybody in here, I'm not sure if I'm right with Jesus, and I want to make sure I'm going to heaven when I die. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody in here that says, I need to give my life to Christ? I see your hand, man. Thanks for being brave. Thanks for being bold. Anybody else? Come on, we're going to take a few minutes here. Anybody else? This is important come on, we have this brother right here that's Bo, he knows, come on, if you like him, maybe you feel your heart pounding, or you, you feel God tugging on you, you, you think you are, but you're not sure, come on, let's just make sure tonight, I, I want to give my life to Christ, I want to, I want to be right with God, okay, well, let's, come on, just like the, the, that's awesome, that Jesus left the 99 for the one, come on, we have my one brother right here, we're all going to pray with you, brother, listen, if you believe in your heart, and confess with the amount the Bible says that Jesus is Lord you will be saved come on I want you to pray this with me brother we're all going to pray as a family together say Lord Jesus Lord I know I've sinned before you I ask Lord that you forgive me of my sins Lord I pray that you would cleanse me Lord I pray that you make me whole Lord I ask that you give me the grace that you give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life to be victorious in temptation. Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. Lord, lead me and guide me. Lord, show me the way out of temptation and show me your way and your will for my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Congratulations, brother. Congratulations. Amen.